Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of the Personal Growth Project Podcast, your one-stop shop for up-leveling your life. My name is Abigail Lang, and I am a full-time student, content creator, freelance video editor, writer, and motivational speaker. I'm here to help you grow into the life you've always wanted to have, so let's get real on how to do so. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Personal Growth Project podcast. In this week's episode, we're going to be talking about seasonal depression, which is something that actually a lot of people I know seem to have because I live in the South and we do actually have seasons. So it goes from like, you know, hot to cold in the fall and winter, unfortunately. One day I will move to Florida or somewhere tropical where I don't have to deal with seasonal changes, but many of us are stuck in places where it gets cold and very dark in the fall and winter months, and oftentimes that can cause people to develop something called seasonal depression. This is better known like in the scientific community as seasonal affective disorder, or SAD, which is ironic, I guess. But anyway, seasonal depression starts for most people around the fall, and it bleeds into the winter and sometimes the spring if you live somewhere where it's still cold and gray and depressing in the spring. Uh, Tennessee definitely does seem to have cold and depressing weather in the spring, like January all the way through February, and then March is kind of when the spring starts to actually feel like spring for us. But... I would say that the cold weather starts for us in October and goes until like February and March. And that can actually cause a lot of symptoms of depression because of the fact that one, it's getting colder. So that can automatically make some people feel sadder. Two, there's less sunlight. So your body needs more vitamin D and oftentimes you just don't get that. So your energy levels end up being depleted unless you're making active efforts to go outside and get some sunlight. And furthermore, because of the fact that it gets dark so easily, people just tend to associate nighttime with sadness, and thus it's a lot easier to feel like you're kind of in a bad mood or like sad and depressed when it's just dark outside all the time. And that is kind of cheesy and illogical, But I think a lot of us just operate that way because, you know, we associate daylight and sunshine and everything with happiness and obviously darkness with sadness. And so when it's dark all the time, we start to just kind of associate that with a sad feeling. Furthermore, if you're already a student, well, you probably are a student. I don't know why I said already, but if you're a student then fall is when things start to really amp up. And unfortunately, when the semester really amps up, like midterms and all that, that is actually like, for us at least, when the weather starts to get cold and it starts to get dark early outside. So like mid-October, yeah, mid-October is when that starts to happen. And mid-October is also when the semester really starts to hit you because 
The beginning of the year excitement has faded, yet there's still a long ways to go until finals. And this time can start to feel really sad for those reasons. You now have more stress due to school. Things are starting to feel like a little bit more taxing. And to make matters worse, now it's getting dark outside and cold. And honestly, that usually just makes me feel lonely. I made a reel about this, or a TikTok, I guess you could say, about, gosh, it wasn't a month ago, but it was like at the beginning of October talking about how this may be the only good October I've had, and I realized it's because I learned how to deal with my seasonal depression. And don't get me wrong, I hate the idea of like these labels of mental illness that our society loves, because I feel like there are genuinely people who struggle with things such as depression and anxiety, but some people, I do believe, are so desperate for love and attention that they will have a sad day or feel worried about something and then self-diagnose with depression or anxiety and then just use that as an excuse to fall into a victim mentality and further spiral their life out of control. That is not something that I am a big fan of. However, that being said, I was hesitant to make this episode because I don't like having a victim mentality around anything. But I did notice genuinely every year I do display all the symptoms of seasonal depression. So I think that it's safe for me to be able to give out advice on it. And I do genuinely believe that I have this not anymore because I've learned how to handle it. But yeah, that being said, I just wanted to put that little disclaimer in there about all the mental health stuff going on right now, because for those who do actually have mental health issues, it stinks. And I feel like we take so much actual attention away from the people who need it when all of us decide to have bad days and then diagnose ourselves with some sort of mental illness. Like, I think that we all need to collectively just restrain on the victim mentality and actually help people who need the help instead of trying to draw attention to ourselves. But I digress. I'm first going to talk about the symptoms of seasonal depression so you can kind of figure out if you have it. I will start by saying that for me, every October, I just start to feel lonely. And I know that it's not anything that like has actually happened in my life because usually it's like one night I'll just go to bed and wake up and then the next day I'll just feel kind of sad and then it'll carry into the next day and the next day and even though literally nothing about my routine or the people in my life have changed I just feel this tendency to look outside and see everything dying and see the darkness and then just start to feel lonely. Which is really weird because I do have really amazing people in my life. And this year especially, I have more close, like genuine people in my life than I have ever had. And that's such a blessing. But even this year, October hit and I got back from fall break. Well, even at the beginning of fall break, I just started to feel a little tinge of loneliness. Even though I was doing a lot of productive things, I was keeping busy like usual, you know, I was doing everything I loved, I was working out, but still, 
something just did not feel right. Like I would get home from school and I didn't want to do anything that I would normally do. I normally like to work on homework and get a lot of things done, but I would feel so tired every day. I would just get home and honestly want to lay on my bed or just go to sleep. And for me, I know that that's not normal because I'm a very motivated person. So when something consistent like that starts happening to me every year, then I kind of, you know, raise a mental red flag in my mind. And that was how I started looking things up and then actually figured out that it was an actual thing called seasonal depression. And I'm not the only one who actually has this experience. And that actually helped me rise from the victim mentality because now I could put a label on what I was experiencing and then figure out how to fix it. Um, according to Google, the official symptoms of seasonal depression are loss of energy, check, which makes sense because there's less sunlight, so less vitamin D and your mood kind of goes down, a loss of interest in activities that you normally enjoy, difficulty concentrating, then differences in appetite, which has always been a big one for me because although some people eat less when they're sad, I unfortunately fall into the portion of the population that eats more when I'm sad. So in past Octobers, I always just had a really bad issue with eating a lot, like a lot more than I even wanted to. I would eat not because I was actually hungry, but just because I felt like I was emotionally really drained. And I guess food was kind of like a way for me to cope with the emotions that I was feeling and just how taxing and stressful October and the fall and winter months would become. So that can be a really big symptom. And furthermore, sleep issues are a big one. And also just wanting to avoid people, like kind of becoming antisocial. And I'm so glad that I actually figured out that this was a thing because I've always really been so hard on myself before during the fall because I would just get so frustrated at the fact that I'm so productive during the spring and the summer and I have everything going right for me. And then October hits and for some reason, everything just goes down the drain. Like, I would lose the motivation to work out, so I would start gaining weight every single October. I would be eating everything in sight because of the stress. I would mess up my sleep schedule, and then I would feel bad about needing more sleep and then sleeping in, and then I just felt really lazy for sleeping in all the time. And then also I would just start to feel lonely. I didn't have much energy to work on school. And so all the things that mattered most to me, like being productive, living a healthy lifestyle, getting lots of sleep, I would just totally drop the ball on every single October and I didn't understand why until I finally figured out that it was probably seasonal depression. So now that the sob story is over, I wanna talk about all the things that I've found can help with seasonal depression. And my list may be different from what you'd find when you Google seasonal depression. A few things are the same, but there are also a few things that I've just kind of figured out on my own that have really made a huge difference. And this might genuinely be the first good October I've had where I've finally pulled things together and kept working out consistently um, kept a good sleep schedule, and also just not been wildly lonely and depressed. 
So I would say that if I can figure this out, you can as well, and I think that my tips will help you a lot. I'll try to speed through these because I've already spent a lot of time talking, but my first one is get off social media. And this is big. I actually deleted my Instagram on September 26th. I know the date because it was such a good night for me. And I have not looked back. I deleted my personal Instagram. The podcast Instagram is still there because I want to still, you know, share content with you guys and help you guys out. But my personal Instagram where I follow everyone from school, you know, where everyone from school follows me, I deleted that. I was honestly noticing that whenever I would get on my phone and check my personal Instagram account, one, it would stress me out because I would get DMs and I don't know. I just don't like having to sit around and fragment my day by like waiting on texts from people or even being obligated to respond to things throughout the day. And I just hate having fragmented attention and having to check for DMs because I didn't want to offend anyone by not responding to things was really irritating because it also meant that I had to like open up Instagram and I'd end up seeing stuff going on on Instagram that I just didn't really care to see. And I'm now very careful about the types of content that I consume, but I just didn't want to open the Instagram app. I care about people deeply and I want to have deep connections with people, but I don't think that watching someone's story or seeing what someone is wearing for their birthday party or like, you know, where they're going on vacation helps me build any sort of close connection with people. And it genuinely didn't have any sort of positive impact on my mental health. And during the summer, it was fine because I had more time to respond to DMs and it wasn't as draining for me to be on social media, but this is an important principle In the fall and in the winter, if you have seasonal depression, your energy and your emotional energy are incredibly precious and you need to be more careful about protecting them, which is, well, that's not the reason why I deleted Instagram, but it did help incredibly. I noticed with my mood and my seasonal depression and not feeling lonely and like, you know, kind of jealous of other people living happy lives all the time. I have perfectly fine friends and people who I can have deep conversations with, which is honestly all you can ask for in life. But even if you have a stable social life and a great life going on, you know, you have a nice house to live in, you have books to read, you have things that you love to do, opening social media makes you feel like you're missing out on things. And this used to happen to me all the time. I would literally be having a great day. And I will say, I keep documented notes of like everything I do in a day and a big spreadsheet that I call my productivity tracker. So that is a little bit OCD of me, but I do assign point values to everything I do in a day based on how those things make me feel. So it's a scale from negative two to two. Negative two meaning that an action made me feel awful and two meaning that an action really improved the quality of my day. And I noticed every single time I was having a good day and then I opened Instagram, I would have to rate it as like a negative two or a negative one in my productivity tracker because it would bring down my mood significantly. 
I would automatically just feel this rush of anxiety upon opening Instagram. And it wasn't like anything bad was happening to me on Instagram, but just, I don't know, partially the suspense of not knowing what you're going to see on there, not knowing if you're going to see something that you don't like. That is really harmful during the fall and winter months when your energy is so precious. And also the stress of having to respond to everyone's messages all the time. I didn't like it. I deleted Instagram. Maybe I'll get it back um, when I run my half marathon. Or I don't know. I don't know when I'll get it back. But right now I have absolutely no desire to get it back. And I think this might be one of the longest periods I've gone without Instagram. And I'm genuinely so happy that it's gone. You will be so much happier if you delete it. Trust me. Also, if you're worried about not being able to stay in contact with people because you're deleting your Instagram, literally just give them your phone number if it's really that important. And if you don't even feel like you're on a level with this person where you feel comfortable enough giving them your phone number, then it's probably not something that you want to continue. Like, I was initially worried because there were a few guys, this makes me sound so promiscuous, <laughs> I promise I'm not, but there were a few guys that I was kind of having back and forth conversations with in my DMs, um, just casual conversation, right? And honestly, things weren't really going anywhere. And I still was kind of hesitant about deleting Instagram because I was like, well, maybe these people will think that I block them. Um, maybe they'll get offended, like they won't be able to contact me, they don't have my phone number. Um, but ultimately, I realized if I'm not even comfortable enough with this person to give them my phone number without feeling anxious or worried that it's going to be like misinterpreted or it's going to make things turn sour, then they're probably not the right people to talk to. Because if someone is right to be in your life, then things just flow easily and you don't have to overthink and worry so much about everything. So I deleted my Instagram. Um, one person, actually two people, thought that I blocked them. But the misunderstanding was cleared up pretty quickly. There are probably more who think that I blocked them. But look, honestly... If people assume that I block them, then they clearly don't listen to my podcast because I've been talking about it like for a while, deleting my Instagram. So I wasn't even that worried about offending people because if they were actually like that involved in my life and they really respected what I did and, you know, really cared about the things that matter to me, honestly, I feel like they would at least keep up with kind of the podcast and some of the stuff that I say on there. So that's one reason why I'm really not that concerned about it. And secondly, you need to just stop giving your energy to everyone. Yes, some people will be offended when you delete your Instagram. They'll assume that you've blocked them. Big deal. If you want to avoid it, then just communicate with them. Tell them that you're deleting it or make a little post on your story for your close friends list and tell them that you're deleting it. That's what I like to do at least because... I don't like to make those types of posts to all of my followers because let me tell you, this is my final reason before I shut up about Instagram. Instagram is full of lurkers, like people who genuinely 
have no interest in supporting you, but just want to know what you're up to. And I hate it. Oh, I hate it so much. I'm so glad that I'm not really posting on my personal Instagram. I'm so glad it's gone completely because I do not like the number of lurkers on there. You know, I do have some lurkers for my school who follow my podcast Instagram account. And yes, that's annoying because I see them watching all my stories and not liking anything I post. But at least the number of lurkers on my podcast Instagram is less than the number of lurkers on my personal Instagram. And I just don't like it when, like, it just feels so weird to me how everyone is seeing what you're posting, right? They're watching your stories. And barely anyone is supportive on Instagram. It's crazy to me. You could post something like such a big accomplishment and maybe only like two or three people will genuinely care enough to strike up a conversation with you about it. And it's not like when you post you're begging for attention or a conversation, but at the same time, it's kind of alarming how many people just genuinely want to watch what you're up to, but not ever like things or like support you in any way. Why do we need to show our lives to people who aren't even our friends? Is that not kind of weird? I don't like it at all. I was looking through my story views one day, uh, which I normally don't do, but I was kind of curious to see who was looking at my stories. And there were so many people in there who I genuinely was not even friends with. People who I would not even talk to, like at school, because... Well, I'll be honest, like, a lot of the people at my school, I feel like, are just kind of mean. And I don't like the mean girl or mean guy energy. And there are a lot of people who are just kind of judgmental and not really as accepting of others as they think they are. Um, And I realized all of these people, like, follow my account, but I don't even talk to them in person. Yet... I'm giving them glimpses into my personal life, and in a way, it's kind of like I'm giving my energy away to these people. And in the fall and winter months, it's so important to genuinely preserve your own energy and emotional energy. And every time I would post, I genuinely felt kind of more empty. I felt like something had been taken from me. And it's because I was giving my energy to people who didn't really support me. And Honestly, I have lots of supporters, like I'll make that clear. There are a lot of people who do hype up everything that I do, and I love those people. I hype them up back. Like, I have a lot of really good friendships and connections, but even then, just having even maybe 50 to 70 people who dislike you watching everything that you do, I think that can really mess with you. And I'm not talking about, like, some voodoo energetic stuff, but I just think that it's not good for you mentally. And you can kind of feel when people don't have good intentions for you. And I think that it gives us anxiety and rips our energy away because our gut knows that those people should not be having a glimpse into our inner lives. So for that reason, I deleted Instagram. I would recommend you do the same. Um, Get rid of the lurkers for the fall and winter at least. It's really important to preserve your energy. The next thing is a lot more scientific, and it's just to literally take a vitamin D supplement. 
it's really as easy as that. Whenever the sun is not out as often, you just don't get as much vitamin D unless you're genuinely going outside a lot, and it's hard to do that when it's cold outside. Because I will admit, I love running so much, and I love running outside. I prefer it to the treadmill, but the past few times I've gone out for early morning runs, it has been a struggle, and it's not even December yet. It's October, and I still have to bundle up in such heavy clothing. Like, I don't enjoy running in leggings, but I have to run in leggings, and even then, when I step out of the house, I can just literally feel the wind rushing through the holes in my leggings. Like, I might as well not be wearing anything because it's so cold outside. And I have to, like, wear a bunch of layers, too. I have to wear a beanie when I start off running and gloves because it's literally that cold for me. And honestly, it's just difficult. It's difficult to get outside when it's cold, so I understand it. You can brave the cold if you layer up enough and make it easy on yourself. But that being said... Some of us still are going to struggle with it, and in that case, I recommend you take vitamin D because it's very important for keeping your energy levels high. And if you're not getting that sunlight and you don't replace it with a vitamin D supplement, then your energy levels will drop and you're probably not going to be as productive or as happy. So I definitely recommend taking vitamin D. The next big thing is prioritizing sleep. And I've been really bad about this in the past, but I came home from school, like, I would say maybe October 6th or 7th, and I realized, like, I do not want to do this anymore. I was feeling sad and lonely already. We weren't even that deep into October, and I was like, I cannot do this for another year. I felt so tired. I just wanted to sleep, and it was already 6 p.m., and I realized... Well, maybe we just need more sleep in the fall and winter months, and that's something I should stop trying to resist. As I've said in a different podcast episode, you need to stop resisting yourself. You have to do what works for you. And I realized that if I keep going, like with my summer mentality of grinded out on five to six hours of sleep, I will literally be miserable. So I finally decided to actually take care of myself and listen to my body, and tune into what I needed. And you would not believe it, but one night last week, I actually got in bed by 8 p.m. It was so magical. And ever since then, I've been getting in bed from like 8 to 9 p.m. And I will tell you, I know this does not sound that drastic, but before I used to go to bed at like 11 and wake up at 4.30 to run. And In the fall and winter months, when I'm already starting to feel like my energy is dropping and I'm starting to feel sadder, that is not the time to continue being sleep-deprived if that's something that you've been doing over the summer. You need to genuinely reassess what your body needs when it comes to the fall and winter months. And before I realized that I was trying to live year-round the same exact way, I was not changing my routines for the seasons at all. I was trying to always be super productive, do things the exact same way. And I wasn't really listening to what my body needed and flowing with my needs. And thus, things always felt really more difficult than they should have. And when I started to tune into going to sleep earlier, 
I set a challenge for myself of being in bed by 8.30 at least every night. Now, some nights I haven't, you know, actually done the challenge that well, but for the most part, this has actually really helped me get in bed on time. I try to set my challenge time 30 minutes before I actually need to be in bed. So tonight, my challenge time is 8 p.m. because I actually want to be like in bed sleeping by 8.30 p.m. And when you set your challenge time early, then it's like you have a little bit of a buffer to mess up, but you'll still end up getting in bed and getting more sleep than you would have otherwise. So that's a win in my book, and it's something I've been doing to motivate myself to get in bed. I'm trying to do a streak thing. So last week, I had three nights in a row where I got in bed before 8.30. Well, then it got kind of busy. I had a few slip-ups, and I lost my 8.30 streak. Well, today is hopefully going to be day one of rebuilding my streak, and I'm going to genuinely try to like make this a nightly thing and incentivize myself with a streak to make myself want to continue getting in bed early. And I've noticed that the extra sleep is genuinely what my body needs. I've been a lot less sad, and I've just felt a lot more emotionally stable ever since I started giving myself the sleep that my body has been asking for. So definitely listen to your needs on this one. Now, this one is kind of similar. It ties into the idea of switching up your routine from the summer to the fall. During the summer, I like to do my work um, in busy places because it helped me focus. So I would go to like a coffee shop or the library and I would be able to grind out a solid six hours of work because it was warm outside, it felt good, you know, everything was just right. Well, I went to the library about two weeks ago trying to do my normal grinded out after school routine and I realized I could not focus at all. You know, what worked for me during the summer just was not working for me at all. And I was just sitting there trying so hard to focus, trying to bring myself to do a few math problems, and I just couldn't. I don't know what was wrong with me because in the past I've been able to focus in a library. You know, having that social pressure of other people there, I found helpful and I found it kind of comforting to be around people. But Part of seasonal depression can be genuinely just needing time on your own. Needing time where you're not being watched by anyone, where you can just relax and be yourself. And so I never did this before, but I actually started working from my bedroom. I used to always go outside of the house to work, so it had to be at school or at the library. But I just realized I was so exhausted of it because it's like, you know, in public in the library. I can't really <laughs> stretch out or go grab a snack from the fridge. I can't really cuddle up with a blanket and study. It's just a lot more rigid and it doesn't really give my soul the comfort that it needs during the fall and winter. And it's okay to admit that sometimes we just need a little bit more comfort during those months. And so I started this routine where after school, I come home and I immediately change into something comfortable. This is really actually important because the clothes I wear to school, I have a rule with myself where I don't wear leggings or sweatpants to school because I don't think that it's very classy and it doesn't put up a good image of myself. 
I just feel better when I'm well dressed. So, you know, that's great during the school day, but when I get home, it just, no, I just want to completely unwind. And so I've really tapped into that and I'll change into something comfy like sweatpants and a sweatshirt and I'll get a blanket and then I'll just work from my bedroom. I'll light a scented candle, I'll turn on my string lights, and I'll turn on some good music, and that has genuinely helped with my productivity more than I thought it would. I can't even believe how much it helped, because I didn't do it in the past year, because I thought that it would really distract me and make me less productive. I mean, you know, how can going home and kind of winding down and making such a cozy environment help with productivity? Well, it actually does. And I've realized that really leaning into what you need is the most important way to stay productive. And if you genuinely don't feel like you have the emotional capacity to grind it out in a public space, then you don't have to. You can just go home and be alone and study in comfy clothing. And all that matters is that you get things done. And if you have to make life easier on yourself by changing into comfy clothes or getting a blanket or scented candle, then so be it. The important thing is that you just keep on going and living a healthy lifestyle. And so I also want to say you need to keep working out. Even if it's cold outside, I still make an effort to run. I just have to bundle up a lot, but I'm glad that I keep going outside and I keep running and I keep my body moving because if you're already starting to feel sad during the fall and winter, what makes it a lot worse is not getting the endorphins from working out. And you start to feel kind of lazy and dissatisfied with yourself and also probably insecure if you're a female because it's easy to feel like, I don't know, a lot of body insecurities. But working out makes you feel more confident and it boosts your energy and your mood. So it's something that you need to seriously continue during the fall and winter months. And finally, this is my favorite of all. Get a Kindle or just get a lot of books. Read. Reading has helped me so, so much. I um, actually broke my Kindle when I was in Atlanta. I dropped it on the ground and it hit like a concrete step. And I thought it was fine because it has a cover on it. So like it was closed. Um, But when I got in bed that night, I opened up my Kindle and the screen was completely destroyed. Um, which was really sad because it was a very limited edition Kindle, literally from 2011, one of the last Kindle models with page turn buttons and like home buttons and everything. And I loved my buttons on the Kindle because personally, it's so much easier and more motivating for me to read when I have buttons to press. And it's honestly easier to navigate the Kindle with the home button. So I was very, very sad that I broke pretty much the last Kindle on the planet with a home button and physical page turn buttons, but everything turned out okay because I was able to afford a new Kindle for myself. It actually went on sale the next day, literally, like the day after I broke my Kindle, Amazon had a sale for new Kindles and I got the Kindle Oasis 
which is the only present Kindle model with page turn buttons. So I still have my little page turn buttons and they make me very happy. And the Kindle Oasis has changed everything for me. I feel really bad because I have a lot of physical books and it's honestly kind of hard to motivate myself to read physical books because the convenience of the Kindle has allowed me to read so many books. It actually has audible support on it too. So not only can you read digital books, but you can also listen to audiobooks. And that is a huge benefit for me because I have lots of audiobooks that I want to listen to. And everything about the Kindle Oasis is just so perfect to me. And it's so convenient to just be able to carry it around and read whenever. You don't have to carry a physical book. No one has to even know what you're reading because it's so discreet and small. And I literally completely broke my phone addiction because I got a Kindle. And now when I'm like at a red light driving home from school, I just feel so happy because I get time to read on my Kindle. And I used to always be like trying to speed to places and I'd get so upset when there was a red light. But now I actually get upset when there's a green light because I like to read during red lights when I'm waiting in traffic. So I get through so many books now and before I go to bed, I genuinely don't know if I can go to bed now without reading something on my Kindle because it brings me so much comfort. And I finally leaned into reading fiction. I was never a fiction person before because I feel like a lot of the modern day fiction that TikTok promotes is utter garbage, I'll be completely honest. I've read about three TikTok book recommendations and only one of them was decent. I read this book most recently called If He Had Been With Me and it's um, it's a really sad story, actually. Uh, I would say it was an average book. The ending was good. The ending did make me cry. But other than that, really average writing. I read another book last October. It was a Colleen Hoover book. And I actually read It Ends With Us, which is like the first of her really big books. And then I tried to read the sequel, and it was so bad. It was so bad, I couldn't even motivate myself to finish it. Um, it just garbage. I'm sorry, but a lot of the um, TikTok books, they just, like, include way too many suggestive scenes because it's like they don't know how to put anything else in there to keep the book interesting. And personally... Like, the last thing I want to read is a suggestive scene. Like, I really don't care for them. I don't like them. Like, I just want an actually sweet love story if I'm going to read, like, a fiction book. I don't like all of the, like, suggestiveness and, like, the sexual nature of so many books nowadays. And so I'm honestly really disappointed with almost all of the books that TikTok promotes they're just not my style. I like things that are just really sweet and innocent. And so while I did turn my back on fiction for a while, I started reading fiction again, but this time I was very careful to actually do research on books before downloading them to my Kindle or buying them and looking for books that genuinely like were 
rated well, not just by people on TikTok. And that's helped a lot. I absolutely love reading a good fiction book now. I'm so glad that I gave it a try again. It feels so good to just genuinely like immerse yourself in another world if you feel stressed or you're feeling like the seasonal depression blues. And so I really recommend it. I also obviously recommend self-help books because they make me happy and they show me how I can improve my life. But that's pretty much it for this episode. This is a really long one, but I wanted to make it a good one so that I could help you guys out with whatever you're going through. So thank you so much for listening. And you can follow the podcast Instagram at Personal Growth Project Official. But also all of the links will be in the show notes. And yeah, I hope that you all have an amazing week and I'll see you in the next week's episode. Mm-hmm.